0: Welcome to the Here to Evolve podcast. I'm Josh.
1: And I'm Alessandra. And in this podcast, we take topics from both health and fitness, as well as the business side of things.
0: We run two businesses, SD Evolution and Fit Coach Pro, and have a pretty unique perspective because we've had a lot of success, but we are not quite at the top of the food chain yet.
1: Our mission is to help break down these topics so you can learn in an easy-to-digest manner and apply them into your daily life.
0: In today's episode, we will be discussing the most functional form of training. What is it? What does it include? How do you do it? How do we get functional? Functional. But first, returning listeners, you know the deal. If you have not already, please leave a quick five-star review. Most of you have. There have been a lot of uh, great reviews recently. That number has gone up significantly. If you are still listening and you hear this every single week and you have not, I'm going to assume you are also the person who just listens and doesn't take action on anything that we say in this podcast, period. You're not taking the health Uh, you know, the nutrition tips, the lifestyle tips, the training tips. You're just kind of listening on your walk or on your ride to work. So let's take the simplest of actions. Ready? One, two, three, press pause. You're still listening. You didn't press pause. Go leave a quick five. Even if you just click five stars, don't have to do anything else. The most minimal effort. It's the most tiny, tiny effortful. Effort filled? Effort
1: Effort filled.
0: The tiniest amount of effort required. Pressing pause, clicking five star. If you can't do that right this very second, if you've listened to more than three episodes, then I'm guessing you've done nothing else that we've suggested for you. And I don't know why you're listening to this. Those of you who already left them, we appreciate you. We love you. Those of you who are about to leave it right now, I know that's you. We appreciate you. We love you. If you haven't yet, uh, if you haven't left that review, we still appreciate you and love you for listening. It's all good.
1: Did we want to shout out? Hang on. Time out. (laughs)
0: One specific returning listener, you sweetheart, you left the most amazing review, you left a novel, you apologize for leaving a novel, we appreciated it greatly, Emily from MA, M from Boston, I think, you left us the most amazing review, but you accidentally hit one star. So if you can, I don't even know if it's possible, if you can go back and just click the five star, I think it will replace the one star. I think that's a thing. We're not mad. We read the review. It is awesome. We appreciate the heck out of you. And if it can't be edited, don't even worry about it. Don't feel bad about it. But Emily. I think you
1: can go back and just click five stars. I think so.
0: Emily from MA, if you can hear this. Just that quick five star click. That'll update the whole review, I believe. We greatly greatly appreciate it new listeners if you appreciate this episode you got something from it go back and listen to the rest or you know just cherry pick the ones that seem interesting to you and do the same quick five star click leave us a quick paragraph couple sentences if you can share us on social media tag us we'll reshare we love you we appreciate you uh we are kind of on youtube now for the podcast um we are. This, well, the camera goes black after 30 minutes, so it's not great yet. I'm
1: going to fix it moving forward. It's
0: not great yet, but we're Basically transitioning. Basically
1: what happens, the camera just overheats after 30 minutes, so it shuts off. Um, and I forgot that this camera did that. So moving forward, the full episodes will be on there too.
0: If you're listening to The Morning Meeting, that is on my channel, Josh Skutnik on YouTube. Um, if you're not listening to The Morning Meeting, that is a quick one to two minute Episode where you're it's not even an episode, it's a short. You're just uh setting an intention for each day. So we'll kind of go through some different topics. It's you know, a quick blast. Set your intention on this specific thing because through awareness we create change. That is our motto. We're probably gonna get some shirts created. Um, following up on a previous episode where I said all of the men's clothing I've been looking for sucks. We're gonna start a clothing company with some cool motivational quotes. So, DM us some fun quotes. We'll put on some shirts for SD Evolution, Here to Evolve Podcast, Fit Coach Pro. I think that's all the homework. Uh, Most functional forms of training. Let's dive in. So, right off the bat, what are we thinking for functional? We're thinking body weight. We're thinking CrossFit. We're thinking unilateral movements. We're thinking, what are you thinking, cardio
1: not what I'm thinking, but I think a lot of people think functional training is like, you know, the box jumps with the tire flips and, you know, all of the fancy ladder drills Burpees. and just, you know, various things like that. And, well, I'll let you kind of take the lead of how we're going to go through Well, this. for
0: starters, how many of you are randomly dropping to your chest and then exploding up and then back down into a squat and then back to your chest like throughout the day? Is that functional? Are those... Is that something you do throughout your day? It's kind of weird. I can't think of a single occupation where that's uh, filled with burpees for the day. Um, So what I would define as functional exercise, functional routine, and this will probably piss a lot of you off, is whatever works for your lifestyle. We're enhancing things within your lifestyle. And I'm sure a lot of you just sighed, eye-rolled, and said, this guy says a lot without actually saying a lot. Um, and that kind of reminds me of a real and a short I put up on YouTube talking about rep ranges, the most optimal rep range. And I basically said, you know, you could be doing six reps. You could be doing 30 reps. That's less important than the actual distance from true failure you are. Uh, reps in reserve, RPE, whatever you want to utilize. The distance from that is more important than the actual reps you're doing. If you are close to failure without reaching failure, but you're within like four, three, two, one reps from true failure, that's the most important component. So what happens around that is less important. And that's the exact same thing. So someone commented on that, like, so you really don't know. You have no idea. I'm like, well, you really didn't watch the video, did you? If you listen to anything I just said? You can take things from this. So what does your lifestyle look like? What are you doing, whether it's your job, running around with kids we all have different lifestyles. So there's no one functional program. We can't all do the same program and it's going to have the same benefit. That being said, there are some components that you can manipulate that will make it functional regardless of what you're doing to enhance your life, to improve your longevity, to just make things easier and add value to everything else that you're doing. And I believe the three main components of that are going to be resistance training, some type of strength work, core training, because even those of us who are lifting are often neglecting actual core training. It's not just decline sit-ups and hanging leg raises. Um, It's a lot of balance stuff. Stabilization, even, you know, single leg movements can be engaging a ton of core. So putting those directly into leg day, doing farmer's carries. I know you like to do the overhead marches and, you know, single arm, things like that. Uh, So core work, all of those things encompass. We're not just talking about plank sit-ups and and reverse crunches. Uh, And then cardio. High interval, high intensity interval training, low intensity, you know, we're talking about walking, moderate intensity, steady state, going through those different zones. You hear zone two all the time. That's our that's our foundation, that's our base. It's really improving, you know, it's helping with fat loss, but it's improving cardiovascular health, sprinkling in some high intensity interval training. So those three components, all those things in mind as we talk about those three. So strength training, some type of resistance training, core work and cardio work. So what would a quote-unquote functional split look like? Again, that's going to be what you deem effective in regards to what you can adhere to, what you enjoy doing. Is it one day a week? Is it two days a week? Is it three days a week? Is it four days a week? Is it five days a week? Is it six days a week? I would argue that the most important fundamental aspect of designing your program begins and ends with how many days per week that you're training. Because that is going to dictate your split. It's not going to be, oh, I want to focus on this and that. So this is my split. This is going to help me maximize muscle gains. It's about your program itself. It's about your training session itself. So the actual split is less important. So why don't you break down some some one through six day splits?
1: One through six. So the lower amount of days that you're training. So if you're training anywhere from one... To three days per week I would say a full body split is probably going to be the most optimal for you just uh, in terms of getting in enough volume for every muscle group for that week and just in terms of you probably you're not in the gym as frequent as somebody who's going six days per week so we really have to maximize the time that you are there so I would say if you're training one to three days focus on a full body split Anywhere from four to six, it can vary, really, from upper lower, push-pull, push-pull legs, um, you know, whatever your preference is there. However, I would also argue that most people, depending on your goals, but when we're talking about just, like, general fitness most people are going to benefit from an upper-lower split. I prefer an upper-lower split. It kind of keeps things vague enough and flexible enough that you can input and implement different variations of that as you go through it. Um, And then, you know, the more you're in the gym, let's say you are somebody who does five or six days per week, you could do a muscle group split. So what many of you know as like, Back and bys, chest and tries legs. Um, you know, there's a there's so many different variations of that that you could do. However, most of us are not in the gym six days per week. Most of us listening to this podcast, we're parents, we're working a lot, we have busy lives. Um, again, it has to fit your lifestyle and make sense for whatever you've got going on right now.
0: Yeah, so the one tweak I would make is you can still do total body in that one to three days, um, but another option. If you're adding that third day in could be like an upper lower than total so there are unlimited variations to that and again it's about the volume and the work that you're doing within those sessions Um, so talking about functional does it have to be you know all unilateral movements so single arm, single leg you know carries and deadlifts things that you would quote unquote do in real life well no we're talking about utilizing strength as a part of a functional program First of all, strength and lean mass are ob- obviously optimal for longevity. You want to keep that up as long as you can. So we're just more prone to atrophy as we age and we're going to, you know, we lose some strength, we lose some some mass. We start declining after the age of thirty if we're really not on top of things, and that seems really early. And it's not significant at that point, but it adds up over time. You can lose significant amounts of muscle and strength if it's not a priority. If it's you know if you're living a sedentary lifestyle and sprinkling in the occasional workout, it's going to fall off a lot faster than someone who is training three, four, five, six days a week. Um, so just being cognizant of that. But the program itself can be whatever you want within that. I would. Obviously include as many compound movements as you can get the most bang for your buck, but also utilizing, you know, the fillers, quote unquote, the, the minimal movements where you can add significantly more volume without completely taxing your nervous system and optimizing recovery. So, you know, little things, singular, single joint movements, curls, leg extensions, things that are not making you exhausted at the end of each set, but you're allowed to push that muscle to a very high point of fatigue with that. So Personally, I do like to, to keep those heavier movements in, whether it's barbell or dumbbell variations of bench press, you know, deadlifts, squats, pull-ups, rows, all kind of leg movements. The more singular you can do after, you know, getting your squats, maybe some barbell lunges in, um, technically singular, but getting some singular leg movements in there, quote-unquote functional step-ups, goblet squats where you're actually holding weight, engaging more core, and getting the, the hybrid of core and resistance training. Um, and that's going to cover your strength work. Uh, you don't have to get too granular with it. Pick things that you enjoy and just try to mix it up based on the equipment you have available. So, go.
1: But a note on that, and this was actually uh, a reel that I posted this morning on Instagram. A lot of people, when they're putting together what they think is a training program, they're really just focusing on exercise selection and obviously exercise selection is one of the main components of programming, but a lot of people who are doing this on their own don't realize the other aspects of a proper training program. And that includes things like sets, reps, rest time, tempo, um, you know, obviously your split, which we talked about. So it's more than just determining your split and writing down a list of exercises. If you aren't confident in how to program with the right amount of total volume, with the right intensity, you're, you might get started and see some progress initially, but you're eventually going to plateau because you're not factoring in those other elements of a good training program. So just a reminder that even if it seems like putting together a training program is easy or, you know, all you have to do is pick exercises, it's so much more than that too.
0: That's a good point. And then to kind of Piggyback on top of that as you're going through these, and it we kind of dismiss it as an obvious statement, but I guess it definitely needs to be said. As you're going through whatever movement it is, you need to focus on having optimal form, so it's not just about slinging around the heaviest amount of weight. You want to focus on time under tension, you want to focus on engaging the right muscle groups and not compensating with those weaker stabilizers because you're not doing it in the right way, you don't have the mobility. Um, So the second part of that in regards to mobility is taking these movements through the full range of motion. So that's going to improve over time. um, And obviously, you might have to scale back certain movements until you're able to increase your mobility and do things in the right way. Um, Especially if you're brand new to training, jumping right into a back squat, for example, and you see that your back is rounded and your heels are coming up and your knees are turning. And it's just more of an issue of not just learning the movement and going through the actual movement movement. But also having the mobility to do it like even if you knew how to do it the right way. Um, And that's something I still struggle with. It's something that I need to incorporate more into my routine. And, you know, being focused on longevity and reducing injury risk, you know, not just now, but over time, something I'm thankfully getting more interested in. So as the interest peaks, obviously, the level of effort tends to follow. Um, So yes not just throwing the movements in there programming volume correctly making sure you're doing the movements correctly and going through a full range of motion to reduce risk and actually get the most out of those movements over time
1: and do not be changing your exercises up every week or every other week for four every week third
0: minimum week. minimum you amount of time doing to adapt is four weeks
1: this program that you write whether you're writing it for yourself or you're doing it from someone else. You should be doing the same movements for 4 weeks and focusing on progression in one of the various ways that you can implement progressive overload. So just a reminder, I feel like a broken record with this, but there are still so many people who do not realize that you you shouldn't be changing it up every single week to confuse your body. That's not a thing. If you get bored, we'll talk about this and we'll touch on this, I think, as we get into the cardio side of things, but your strength programming should look the same as far as what exercises you're doing and what you're following week by week.
0: Clients still come to us, we'll get off get off these calls, and they'll have told us, you know, they're still doing swipe throughs, the swipe-through workouts on Instagram. Those are fun, they're sexy, they look great. The person doing it is probably a fitness model or an influencer, like, oh, I want to look like them, I'm gonna follow this routine. They're not giving you the full routine, they're giving you highlights of parts of different routines. And some of those they probably filmed three months, six months, a year ago, because that was when they were in peak condition in the optimal Instagram form. So you're not actually getting a progressive overload program. You're getting highlights of what they do and they know that you like that and they keep posting those because those are what are getting the most engagement Um, and we'll even do it from time to time. But that is not meant for you to follow as your structured program. It's to give you ideas and then you can build a program from that if you're not working with us directly. But get off of the swipe throughs. You are wasting your time when you're doing things like that. You're burning calories. You are not forcing your body to adapt or you're building muscle. and that is what's going to make the most significant impact and get the most bang for your buck. You can burn however many calories you want. If you are not progressively overloading, I guarantee you your physique is not changing the way that you want it to. And you're just you're spinning your tires where you're at. Not to say you're not gonna be healthy, but it's not the most efficient way to improve body composition to change your body to change your physique overall.
1: You're going to pl- you might even see results from that initially, but again, you're Short going term. to plateau eventually. That's just how it works. So keep that in mind, and if you are somebody who gets bored, like I, that's the main argument. Oh, well, doing the same workouts every week is boring. You really need to consider or reconsider your why for training and what your goals are. You probably if you're somebody who gets And thinks that that is boring, you probably don't have goals that are aligned with the training that you're doing. So,
0: you know, what's boring is your body not changing for five years. That is boring. or, Or declining, getting worse. That's kind of boring.
1: So, you know, something that I like to recommend for those of you who think that that is boring is maybe you utilize your cardio for your fun. For your fun time for your fun gym time that is something that you can vary um through different methods and different styles of training or what you can do is have let's say you're somebody who wants to work out or you can work out four days per week let's say you commit to three full body days of proper programming that is progressive and then maybe the fourth day, you leave that open as a fun day. And you kind of, whatever you're in the mood to Sunday do that day, day, you just have fun with it. And you go into the gym, show up, maybe you swing some kettlebells, maybe you do a little Metcon. Have, have that be your fun day. But your whole program should not just be like winging it and copying random workouts from Instagram because it's just not going to get you anywhere.
0: I hit the yard with a brush mower this weekend. And now I'm seeing the four bigger um, Leyland cypresses we planted two years ago. Really filled out with all the rain we got. And they are beautiful. Do you see them? They blend into the trees. I
1: guarantee that nobody cares about your trees or yeah, your if they
0: could see it, they would care. All right, you're the queen of core work. So I'm going to let you break it down.
1: So as Josh mentioned earlier in the, in the episode, Core work is important, and yes, are you going to be using your core when you are doing things like strength training and back squatting and deadlifting? Yes, of course. But I believe that there should be more intentional core work sprinkled in, no matter what your goals are. Um, The core is not just your abs, which I think is a very common misconception. People think of core and they think of six pack or abs. That is one component. Um, You know, your core is essentially your whole trunk. So from your pelvis up is your core. And there are different methods and variations of core work that you can implement. So, you know, we have things like stabilizers, stabilizing movements. So a lot of your unilateral movements, Anything that is requiring you to keep your core stable while moving in whatever other way you are moving, that's going to work your core. You have rotational movements, um, you have the obvious flexion, so things like crunches, and then you have anti-rotation, which kind of falls in the same category as stabilizers. But it's really important to, number one, before you implement any sort of core work, is to understand how to breathe properly, and how to activate your core without then doing a movement. So we have a whole video. We have actually two videos on this within the SCE Method app. They're very long. I think they're both around 15 minutes where I go in-depth on how to breathe properly, um, how to activate your core. Because a lot of people kind of just go through the motions of their workouts and their core is not activated they're kind of just relaxed and we don't want that either your core is working in every movement that you're doing um but you have to sort of master the skill of the breath and that activation before you can master working your core if that makes sense so there's various things you can do i have examples in that video plug for the se method app it's 24.99 for now for now
0: We've been saying that for a while, but it will go up once we finish these build outs. I don't know when, I don't have a date yet, but for everything you're getting right now, $24.99 is already insane, and your price never goes up when you're active.
1: But core work is important, and it should be sprinkled in. You can implement core work. So, like For example, with our build and our move programs, I often implement specific core work in the warm-up, so I give you guys one to two... Warm-up mobility movements, oftentimes they are very much core-focused to have it at the beginning of your workout because how many of you have put core workout, core work at the end of your workout and skipped it? I think probably 90% of you have done that over at some point in your training. Um, you're fatigued. It's the most likely thing to kind of just say, oh, I don't need to do that today. So,
0: Well, being that that's the beginning of the workout... How would you say that impacts your bigger movements
1: it's not core work is not something that should be super fatiguing like the way that i program it within build and move it acts as a warm-up and a precursor to kind of wake your core up and say hey we're gonna be lifting some heavy weights today so this rather is,
0: than fatiguing your core prior to those movements is more of an activation technique
1: it's more of a movement prep kind of implementation on my end um But you can also have it at the end and have it as the final thing or sprinkled throughout. So your order of exercises, this is a good point to make too, the order you program your exercises also matters and can be a form of progressive overload or can be a way that you actually get stronger or change things up a little bit from program to program to make those adaptations. So overall... I believe that we do need to implement specific core work to have a strong core. The core group is a group of muscles and it needs to be trained just like any other group of muscles on your body.
0: For those of you watching the video, um, I look weird right now, but I'm just trying to get the froth off of my latte that I made. It's the best part. Uh, So I'm just trying to get it out of the cup.
1: You're just killing it with the random comments today.
0: Cardio. Uh, cardio is something that, again, one of the areas I have neglected, uh, in m- the majority of my adult life. Like it's just something that kind of happens, um, going playing sports, things like that, but nothing I really prioritized with my training. I have taken an interest to it over the past year plus again, re-engaging talking about, you know, focusing on longevity. Um, and that's been one of the biggest Things that I've done that's actually brought my energy levels back up. And it's something that you don't think about because you dread it. It's boring. You don't want to ride the bike. You don't want to go run on the treadmill. Um, And you don't have to, but that's just the first thing you think of cardio equipment. Um, But getting back into this, really prioritizing doing as much as I can outside. You know, we've got the Peloton now. We had the bike before that. We've got the treadmill. We've got battle ropes, things like that that we could do inside. I just don't typically do it. Um, so it's been a lot of running lately, a lot of rucking lately, um, combining rucks with like single arm farmer walks with a kettlebell outside in the yard, running around with Kai, things like that. So again, we talked about combining core and resistance training. You can also combine core and uh, cardio, uh, little things that are interesting. So if you want to make it, a, make it, uh, more interesting, mix it up. You were doing that with your resistance training like she was talking about, utilizing cardio for that quote unquote change up, inspiration, motivation, enjoyment, fulfillment, it can be really effective. So whether you can get out to your rec park and play basketball, go find a pickup game, or it is going for a hike, coming up with a list of mountains you wanna hike or just local parks that you can run through, changing it up in that regard, does make a difference and it's also beneficial because your body adapts to whatever you're doing right so not quite the same as going through a training program but same concept you can change things up as you get better at running and now you've got to run five miles to to really get your heart rate up a little bit Um, or you've got to ride your bike 10 miles or whatever it is you can rotate through these things as a certain area a certain aspect of cardio gets easier you can rotate in the next one for the next few weeks the next month you know, I'll let you talk about timelines in regards to cardio, or if it does make sense to just elevate it. But in this regard, getting your heart rate up is—I'm trying to think of the right way right, right, right to word this. Whereas progressive overload with a resistance training routine, you need to perform the same movements over time. As your heart rate is elevating, you are strengthening your heart. And there's different of ways the means, you can do that, regardless right? of the means.
1: And. I think I just completely lost what I was gonna say. Pregnancy brain is really hitting me hard today. This is frustrating. When it comes to cardio, I think it's we see the pendulum swing here in the fitness industry every five or so years, where people are or minutes, where people are so anti-cardio and cardio will kill your gains and you shouldn't do cardio, and then it's like you should be doing all the cardio. So. First things first, we're talking about cardio for general health right now. So if you are somebody who has specific goals of running a marathon or doing an Ironman or something like that, then yes, you need to be more specific as far as the modality of cardio that you do and how you implement that. But when it comes to general health and fitness purposes, it you know you can switch it up as you see fit um a lot of people like to switch it up based on the season so you know they'll maybe you love running in the fall and as it, it gets cooler outside you do runs outside and then as it gets to winter here in New England it's not always fun to go run in the ice or the snow so maybe you switch and you do Peloton for the winter um but you know what that looks like you can really make it look however you want and i think that yeah We still want to be progressing in some way there, but you will be progressing if you commit to just doing it in the first place when it comes to cardio. So I think, you know, moral of the story here is finding a method that you really just enjoy the most and what sounds good for you that day. There are days where, you know, I go out for my runs and I'm not, well, I'm pregnant, but I go out and I love my runs. I love the Peloton now. We have that. Um, but I think, you know, just keeping in mind overall recovery, making sure you're eating enough. Nutrition plays a big role here too. You don't want to, you know, be doing all of this stuff as far as training, strength training and cardio and be eating 1300 calories a day. Cause that's just not going to fly. So making sure you're recovering well, you're sleeping well. Um, but ultimately cardio is something everybody should be sprinkling in at this point.
0: And a quick side tangent that Relates based on what you mentioned about you know things changing in the fitness industry every five minutes to every five years. Um, Dr. Peter Atia, we've mentioned him a few times. Um, He's the newer commodity on podcasts and Instagram, um, similar to Andrew Huberman. Outlive is his book focused on longevity. Uh, The nutrition chapters I found very interesting. So he's all about you know the science behind what you can do to maximize overall health. And increase not only your lifespan but your health span so the quality years that you're living and he basically shits on everything that we think we know about nutrition and it's you know making fun of the gurus or this is the one way to do things there's no one way to do things and we don't even know what that one way would be he basically talks about how the studies done I don't know how to say the word right epidemiology epidemiologic studies so it's almost anecdotal Right, where you're trusting what one of the subjects says they're doing in regards to adherence to that actual study because you're not following them, you're not, you know, chasing them home and videotaping them, making sure they're doing everything to a T. So you're basically taking them at their word that over this longer period of time, they're actually doing what they say that they're doing and they're consuming things in the correct ratios and this, that, and the other. Moral of the story we can extract next to nothing about nutritional data in regards to those studies. So then we go on Instagram and we see all these exercise physiologists, all these exercise scientists, nutritional, whatever, quote unquote gurus, backed by science. Well, the science isn't backing up much of what you're saying. So for you to poo-poo this or to encourage that doesn't mean a whole lot. And to kind of circle back to what we're talking about here, cardio, nutrition, training, Whatever, if you feel really good doing it, if you are noticing positive changes, then keep doing it because the science will again change in 10 minutes or there was no real structural structural strong argument science to back it up to begin with. So rather than stopping doing what you're doing when you love what you're doing because Johnny Hot Sauce just read this new study that came out and said, Nope, this doesn't actually do that. Well, the study was probably half dog shit and it could change again. That's not to say we can't use this as a base for certain things where there is thing there is a decent amount of evidence stacking up that would point to certain things. All I'm saying, what I've been saying for a while now, is rather than 90% science and 10% anecdotal, I'm 50 50. I'll use the science to try you know, the studies suggest that this is the way to do things. I'll use that to say, hey, you know, I'm interested in that. Let me try it. Let me see how I feel. And then I'm 50-50. And if something says, no, that, that really doesn't do that, but I still feel good. And I think it's made a positive impact on my life. I'm going to continue doing it because even if that study was 100% legit, they did all the things the right way. The controlled variables were where they needed to be, the controls and the variables where they needed to be. They haven't done that study on me. My body did not go through that protocol and you did not tell me what my body did based on that protocol. So even in the perfect scenario, it's not 100% factual that this is the way it works for 100% of people. Not one lifestyle is the same. Not one genetic makeup is the same as the next. You didn't do that study on me. I didn't do this study on you. Do the study on yourself. Do you feel good? Are you experiencing positive benefits from this protocol? Keep running with it. All right. Now we went through the three main pillars of this. Three tiers of functional training. You know what they entail? How would you build a mock program? So let's give a quick example and then we'll wrap it up.
1: As far as implementing all three?
0: Yeah. Just the structure of what you would do for, you can go through yours. What are you doing for strength training, core work, and cardio?
1: Well, it's a little bit different right now because I am nine months pregnant. I
0: did not know that.
1: And, but we'll kind of go through what it looks like when I'm not. Um, So it, it depends on what my goals are, but let's say my goals are strength. So we'll kind of... Talk about what I'm planning on doing. Like once I work through our postpartum program, I'm feeling good. I'm returning to a normal program. For me, my sweet spot with lifting, I know this through experience and just with what our life looks like right now, being parents, running two businesses, we're very, very busy. Four days is like my sweet spot as far as strength work goes. So an upper lower split generally works the best for me. And as far as like being able to balance and recover from lifting and implementing the other things. So I'll start there since strength is the priority, especially returning postpartum. Um, That will be like my number one. So I will prioritize those strength days. And then as far as core work goes, I mentioned I sprinkle that in usually within my warmups. And then again, there's usually one or two maybe dedicated movements at the end of my workouts that are a little bit more focused on my my abdomen, my abdominals, so flexion type movements, hanging leg raises, um, things like that just to increase some muscle mass there. So that's how I implement the core and the strength. And then cardio will sort of be sprinkled in as I can fit it in but generally and ideally what I would like to work back up to is one day per week of that high intensity cardio. So something like sprints. I love sprinting, whether it's outside or on the treadmill. And then I'll do anywhere from three to five days of that zone two work, lower intensity stuff. Maybe it's walking at a brisk pace, Uphill, maybe it's a Peloton like scenic ride or a class, but just making sure that I stay in that lower end range of zone two and not get into the moderate side of things. That's just where I tend to feel best. What I like to prioritize, what fits my schedule. Again, your schedule matters, what your life looks like matters, your goals matter, so you have to figure out what's going to work best as far as fitting all of these pieces of the puzzle in, but also allows you to recover optimally because if you're doing all of this stuff and you're not recovering, you're not prioritizing sleep, you're not prioritizing nutrition, you're going to feel crappy.
0: I am pretty fluid in regards to paying attention to how things are going with business, with life. Just different seasons of life, different phases of the year. Um, So I'm anywhere from four to six training days per week. Again, that sweet spot, again, like five. I also play with based on if I'm starting to get burnt out with my programming, I'll utilize some switches in the split. So I've done total body. I've done upper lower. I've been doing the push-pull legs for a while. Right now, so if we're, we're building it right now, I'm currently doing a six-day split. It's push-pull legs, push-pull legs. Those are the six days. Three days minimum, 20 minutes of cardio, steady state, and then I'll sprinkle in a higher-intensity day running around in the yard with the dogs and Kai or you know, some uh, rucking farmer's carries around the yard or up the driveway, things like that. So again, those three days, steady state, 20 minutes cardio, plus one day of some type of more enjoyable higher intensity shorter uh shorter time and then in regards to core work i am the person who does it at the end of their workouts and i know that that is also why i skip it sometimes so i may have you program me some some uh some of your specialty core work rotational fun stuff pre-workout pre-lift and maybe we'll build those into the physique and physique plus programs in the app moving forward those are already
1: in build and move so if you're like i need that i want someone to program that for me take advantage of our app you guys like yeah ideally it would be best case scenario if you had us if you hired us one-on-one for training and we created a program specifically for you we do offer that but if that's not something you are interested right now or can swing financially right now, um, that's what the app is for. We wanted to make the most affordable yet efficient and just easy when it comes to like having everything right there for you written out, program available. And there's different aspects to that. We have, so the ones that change monthly and are progressively, implement progressive overload rather, are build, Which is the four-day optional fifth-day program per week? Move, which is the three-day version of build. It's three full-body days. I condense everything into three days for you. We have physique, which is the five-day five-day bodybuilding, and then physique plus, which is six-day. Those are constantly updated month every month. Um, first every month all day yesterday doing build and move all the way through october it's already written out through the end of the year so we're we're sprinkling this stuff in in a intentional way for you so you don't have to think about it um and then we also have like more of our standalone program so we have a bands and body weight program that's really more so just for like if you're traveling or if you're in a scenario where you don't have any equipment available and you need something for six weeks like that's Ideal for you. We have our pregnancy program, which will guide you through all 10 months of pregnancy. We have our postpartum program, which is 14 weeks of return to fitness, starting from week one postpartum with some mobility and basic core breathing movements you could do. So we cover it all in the app. What else am I missing?
0: Well, I did a mini pitch to Alessandra last week or two weeks ago about something that I would love to do moving forward. And then uh, if you guys think this would be awesome, why don't you screenshot this episode and tag us, DM us, do something with it to get our attention. I don't know if it's gonna be a week. I don't know if it's gonna be a full month. We're gonna figure out the logistics of it, but essentially utilizing every single one of these programs to accumulate to this climax, whether again, it's a week or a month program of essentially a test whether it's, it's going to be performance-based, but whether it is, you know, exceeding a certain amount of weight or reps or beating a time, um, it's going to implement all these things you're talking about, strength training, core work, cardio, to really push yourself. And this kind of peaked around the time I was training for Tough Mudder and we're thinking, oh, perfect episode for this. What could be a functional test we put these guys through? What can they build towards through these programs? Because that's what we're doing through these programs. We're building towards something. We're building towards essentially a functional functional program to build into life, to add value to everything else we're doing in life, to change our physiques, to improve overall health, to make everything else a little bit easier, a little more enjoyable. So to factor in some staples into each of those programs, some universal staples that help us achieve this specific tier this test this right now it's a concept but I know I'm being vague because it hasn't been detailed yet but essentially building towards this peak week this peak month pushing ourselves to new limits and then you know it'll probably be every every three to six months that this this comes out we, we have time to build and adapt for it and then each time we rotate through it you get a little better how'd you do last time how are you going to do this time um, so for those of us who are just quote unquote training to train, it gives us something specific to train for. We're not all going to go out and do a Tough Mudder or a Spartan Race or Rugged Maniac or insert obstacle course. Yeah. Powerlifting, uh, Ironmans, triathlons, marathons, half marathons, five Ks to make it a little more general. Cause that's our clientele in the app. It's general population. If we don't have a specific, a specific event to train for, this gives us that something, that specific event we can do with friends. We can you know, have our family jump in and do this app stuff with us. You know, A group of five or ten friends jump in and do this app stuff. And then during that week, we all come together and we train together and we push ourselves and we set new limits. So I'm fired up to clarify this a little more. If this is something you'd be interested in, you'd be really psyched about. Just let us know. Let us know somewhere.
1: And I forgot to say, um, we do also have a full beginner and – I think the beginner one will get you from like not running at all to a 5K. And then we have a more moderate running program in the app that will lead you up to a 10K. And we also have all of the Metcons and conditioning style type stuff. I think we have a whole calendar of it in the Apocalypse Protocol. Just so some ideas. there are conditioning and cardio stuff in the app, too, if you're like super lost in what to do there. But
0: that is functional training. What is it? Now you know. So we're going to wrap it up. Where can they find you?
1: I'm at Alessandra Skutnik. I'm
0: at Josh Skutnik.
1: Everything else is linked in the show notes.